Hi, and welcome to the HeartSeed Health Podcast. We're here as an endeavor to promote connectivity and awareness throughout our community about beautiful, health-inspiring events, people, projects, and organizations. Today, I'm here with Dakota Heinemann. She is a doula, and uh, we're going to be talking about birth and the beautiful transition from maidenhood to motherhood. Um, So, Dakota, for those listeners out there who are not familiar with what a doula is, why don't you briefly introduce what doulas are and tell me a little bit about how you decided to become one. Cool. Thank you for having me. Um, So briefly, what a doula is, is um, emotional, physical, spiritual support for birthing families. Um, And that includes information and advocacy. And so a doula walks with families in the prenatal through their labor and birth and into their postpartum um, in any capacity that that family wants the doula to be with them. Um, and so basically in, you know, this line of work, you'll find two prenatal visits of getting acquainted, signing contracts, um, making a birth plan, talking about, um, coping techniques for, you know, pain management, all of that kind of stuff. And then I'm on call 24 seven, two weeks before and two weeks after a woman's due date. Um, and, I'm yeah available for them for whatever they need. If they're just freaking out and want to call me at 2 a.m., I'm there for that. Um, but typically it's, you know, come to my house in early labor and hang out with me. And then, you know, we transfer, you know, if it's a hospital or a birth center birth, we transfer together. Or if it's at home, we stay at home um, for the birth. And then postpartum, I do two postpartum visits. Um, and if they want me to stay on longer as a postpartum doula, then I can. Um, and that's a separate deal it's mostly like kind of nannying ish um in the but for the postpartum family um not just the kiddo um and so yeah it's really amazing work and you get to meet so many different types of families and see so many different types of births and um it's really um yeah it's really empowering and amazing so um and then your second question was how I became yeah just how I got into this work yeah yeah Um, well, when people ask me, like, how did you know you wanted to do this? I always like to tell them that on the day I was born, um, I was a home birth here in Boulder, um, 25 years ago and my midwives at home, they said, wow, look at her long fingers. She'll either be a pianist or a midwife. And I knew I feel in my soul in that moment that I knew I needed to be a midwife. And so that's actually my calling is to be a home birth midwife. Um, but doulaing as a 20 something year old is much more fitting with my lifestyle. And I haven't quite gotten to midwifery school yeah. yet. Um, but I feel like that's when I knew it was just something in my bones rather than, you know, Hmm, what should I be? You know, it was more just a knowing. Um, and so, you know, life took its course and I, you know, did some studies and, you know, did the, Oh, who am I? You know, what's my path? Um, and ended up doing a travel abroad program my sophomore year of college and ended up in Bali at a birth center. It's called Bumi Sehat in Ubud, Indonesia, um, Ubud, Bali, Indonesia. And, um, I saw my first 15 births there as a volunteer doula and I didn't have a training at that point I didn't know what the hell I was doing I just jumped in and they called me the massager the back massager or the pooper scooper 
That was awesome. <laughs> John was to poop, <laughs> scoop the poop. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and then I went on to midwifery school in Asheville, North Carolina. I t- attended the Matrona, which is a really amazing organization run by Wapio. Um, What's Wapio? Wapio is the, the woman that runs it, oh, the Matrona. Okay. The and that was okay. actually the doula training that we did here in your home. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so um, I did her midwifery school for six months in North Carolina and then um, went to Vermont and did a six month or five month long home birth midwifery apprenticeship Wow. Um, with a home birth midwife. And so I had you know, the 15 births in Bali that were very unique, you know, very unique experience, you know, birth center in Bali where Mm -hmm. people just of anywhere could come because it was free service. Um, and then in Vermont with a home birth midwife, you know, attending like your births on farms and just really like very Vermont, you know, kind of crunchy Uh families. Um, and then was like, okay, like I'm going to do the doula thing because midwifery, I'm like not quite there yet. Uh Um, I forgot to mention I did my doula training in Bali when I was there. Um, and so anyway, long story short, um, I started my doula business last May, May, 2016, um, and have only had two births since I started the business. Um, but they were both amazing and I'm now in the process of putting myself out in the community and looking for clients and really just, being the independent doula, which I haven't gotten a chance to do yet because I've been sort of under other people's, um, you know, mentorship. What's the word? Yeah, mentorship. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is my chance, my first chance to be like, okay, this is who I am as a doula and a birth keeper. Yeah. So it's really exciting. There's that. I mean, I like yeah. that you're you're essentially birthing birthing your own yeah. kind of thing right now in totally. its own way yeah totally is... definitely birthing myself and my business and um i also it's fun to experiment with because i have the midwifery experience and uh-huh. i have the doula experience and i'm honestly neither of those terms really feel like they fit who i am i feel like i'm birthing something bigger not you know not bigger than the professions themselves of course they're very important professions but it feels like a different vein that I'm like exploring and it's still really like raw and I'm not sure what it looks like yet but um sometimes I don't really feel like I totally fit in the doula community and I don't totally fit in the midwifery community because I'm trying to sort of find something else that I'm offering. Um, and that's also why I claim myself as a ceremonialist. So if you look at my website or my business card, it's a ceremonial ceremonialist as well as certified doula um, because I'm really passionate about holding the sacred um, in the birth realm. Mm. So just, you know, from women's circles to holding the birth space to doing like things like sealing ceremonies and belly binding and the postpartum, um, I offer all kinds of different ceremonial stuff. So that's, that's really my passion. Um, but not a lot of people are totally like aware. And so I'm trying Uh to work on combining the doula thing with the, like the ritual, the sacred ritual that's been happening for millions of years around birth. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Wow. (laughs) So tell me a little bit more about what ceremony means to you and what ritual means Mm -hmm. to you and, and why and how you bring that into the the process of of birth yeah totally um so i mean in terms of like me and my what's living in my reality is you know i was raised in a household of like very spiritually minded family um and so i've been 
it's just part of who I am. Um, and it feels really ancient. It feels like my blood and my bones know the ways of my ancestors and the ways of the witches and the midwives of old, you know, that, you know, we sat and bled together in circle as women every month. And I feel like that, you know, we're so far from that in this society now. Um, and there's so much happening around women's rights and especially reproductive rights and birth. And there's just so much, we're so separated Mm -hmm. from, and, you know, in my experience, from what I feel to be the truth of, of womanhood, I Mm -hmm. feel like we're far from, from it. Mm -hmm. And so my, you know, growing up in a, in a household that was spiritual, but also like very conscious about our bodies and our health and, you know, being empowered and, um, that has really informed how I work in the world. And so I'm really here to hold the space. You know, I can't empower anybody and I can't birth any babies for anybody. You know, I feel like it's every woman or every family's journey to do on their own, Mm -hmm. but I'm really there to help hold the the container and be the Mm -hmm. sacred witness and start bringing back these rituals that we've lost and reminding women what they already know how to do Mm -hmm. and reminding families what they already know how to do. Um, And so, you know, I could talk about and you know if you want me to I will but I could talk about the specific offerings I have but really like sort of the bigger vision is just to like remember Mm. is to just remember what we know Mm. especially when it comes to birthing because there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of unknown and there's a lot of um wounding and so I I'm I really want to unwork that I want to dig that up and look at it and say okay what's the wound how you know what's the fear how do we how do we tear that apart so that Uh we can remember what we already know how to do because it's everything birth is everything yeah so it's interesting hearing you just talk about not being able to birth for anyone else or yeah i i mean and the, the, the phrase holding space um i find that in my work also as an acupuncturist um, you know, people are are healing and our bodies know how to heal and, and want to heal and sometimes they need a little bit of, of guidance but often, you know, I think of, of facilitation, you know, of helping people reach that place within themselves where healing can arise. And... Um, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and... You know, and at the same time, education and guidance and, and having someone there by your side is really, really vital. And um, and in our culture, in in Western culture in America, and it's where there's a lot of individualism and it's not always condoned uh, to ask for help or to to acknowledge that you need support. And moving into the unknown is inherently um, scary. That's, um, in Chinese medicine, (laughs) the, the idea is, um, that the response to the unknown is fear. And then, but in through cultivation, we can reach the virtue of wisdom, which is the ability to face the unknown with equanimity. Mm. Cool. Yeah. And so, um, the unknown with equanimity. Yeah, I really so I appreciate um, what you're bringing, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, how how you're honoring honoring all of that and and trying to to shed light onto some of the shadows 
that um, exist around. I'm curious. So you, you mentioned you mentioned wounding, and and I'd like to hear a little bit more about what you mean by that around birth and mm, yeah. um, and what you think can be done to heal mm. some of those wounds. Totally. I mean, I think there's a lot of different components. Um, <laughs> I think there's our lineage, the wound that happens in the lineage. So, you know, my great, 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 great grandma had a birth, you know, and she experienced it in a particular way and that influenced how my great, 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 great grandma lived and so on. And the way my mother births me is going to influence how I birth my children. Mm-hmm. And if we look back through history and all the different ways that birth has existed in a culture and all the ways it's been treated, I love, I can't, um, cite the source, but there's an awesome quote that, um, it's basically like, look at the way a society, like, you know, what a society is by Mm. the way it treats its women or the way it treats birth. Mm. And I really feel like that's true. No matter like what country you're looking at, no matter what tradition, no matter what time in history, you can really get a flavor of what was happening in the world by the way that we were treating our women, by the way that we're treating Mm -hmm. birth. And so I feel like, um, yeah, in that lineage, um, going back through and even if you don't know the stories of, you know, exactly, but just saying, okay, you know, there's this, I came from this lineage of, of women and there was fear or there was pain or there was death or there was, you know, whatever the stories are. And if you, the more, you know, the easier it is to really go into those shadows mm-hmm. and, and work with them. Um, and I actually don't know a ton. Mm-hmm. I know a lot about my, um, my grand, my maternal grandmother. Um, but you know, it, it really influences how you birth and how you live based on what happened before you. And so that's, that's one of the wounds that I'm really curious about in helping my clients is like, so, okay, you're having a huge amount of fear of pain. Where does that come from? Mm. Did your mother have fear of pain when she was birthing you? Did she have a lot of pain when she was birthing you? Mm. Even if she wasn't scared of it, you know, like, like going into those and just um, deconstructing them and, and try ideally, you know, dispelling them so Mm. that women can, you know, do what they need to do. And I will say that birth brings you to whatever edges you need to learn about. And so even if you do do this like prenatal work around your maternal grandmother, you know, like birth is still going to bring you to an edge and it might not be about fear. It might be about something different, you know, but, um, so I can talk about that forever, but then also in terms of wounding, I feel like there's a lot in specifically in Western medicine around the way that we're treating birth right now. Um, and I really feel like it's the, um, the, the rape and pillage of the, of the feminine, um, and the way that women are being treated in the hospitals when they're birthing their babies is, is outrageous. And I really feel like that's how the doula became a profession uh-huh. um, because it used to be your friend, it used to be your sister, it used right. to be your mother, you know, and it still is. But now people have made it a profession and are being paid, and it's great because yeah. I love this work. Um, but it's really a sisterly bond that uh-huh. we've been doing for millennia. Uh-huh. Um, but I really feel like that's why it's a profession now is because women are being um, traumatized in the hospitals and are having a really challenging time and doulas are really, really helpful in, you know, advocating, you know, in helping process the mm-hmm. trauma and helping mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but 
so yeah, when I talk about wounding, I think of sort of the like, yeah, the like lineage of our, our ancestors, the, the Western medicine, and also just culturally around, I mean, look at our president and, you know, what he's saying about grabbing the pussy, you know, yeah. it's like, how do we, how do we live in a world like this and birth with confidence mm-hmm. and birth with, um, healing yeah. and, you know, birth the next generation of babies right. that are going to be the ones making the, the calls about our planet. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully yeah. we'll be inheriting from us a, a, a a planet that's yeah. vital and, and healthy and um or at least <laughs> fixing whatever we don't manage to fix yes yeah, totally um wow yeah. wow wow thank you thank you yeah. for um <laughs> your your just your honesty and your your genuine expression of of you know what you believe in and where you're coming from yeah 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 it's definitely um it's vulnerable and Mm -hmm. and in my experience I you know not to bash on anybody I don't see a lot of doulas having this conversation Mm. um I feel like that's what I was sort of saying earlier about how I'm sort of birthing a new like thing I don't know what Uh it is but in my experience I I just find a lot of doulas just sort of being the bare minimum of like what they provide which is you know just prenatal labor and postpartum support and it like I actually when you asked me in the beginning what does a doula do a lot of doulas would say um, physical emotional support and Mm -hmm. I say physical emotional and spiritual support and that doesn't have to be religious it doesn't have to be spiritual it's it's talking about relating to the mind heart body and soul spirit whatever it is of the family of the child of the mother whoever it is and I feel like a lot of doulas like don't really have that like higher peace and there are like Christian doula organizations that I think do bring in that higher power but it's in you know solely through a Christian lens which isn't bad it's really great for Christian families um and I really appreciate them for bringing that higher power in um but I just feel like there's something missing and I feel like a lot of midwives hold it even if quietly Uh um but I feel like there's something more women are wanting something more in their care providers um set of skills yeah yeah I mean I find that I mean I think vulnerable is a good is a good word and um we all put ourselves out there to the world to offer whatever gifts we have. Um, And we don't want to alienate anyone. And we want to to be able to serve whoever needs the service. And and so that it's it's always a tricky line, I think, to, to... what how much do you speak to certain things and and how openly do you speak those things i know that as an acupuncturist um you know i treat a a wide variety of of people and and some people aren't comfortable talking about spirit or you know and they're very science oriented and and so i mean and the beauty of our world is that there's so many different lenses that we can look at things through and um, and I can talk to the scientific and I can talk to the nervous system and, and the biochemistry and hormones. And there's also some other things that are less material, less concrete, less measurable by, by the Western scientific model that are more ethereal, energetic. And, and, and it's not always easy to know 
what to express to whom and when. And so, um, and how do we do both? Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I think it's really brave of you just to step forward and say, you know, this and and to be a light in that way and um, and a beacon and and also to, to respect and honor everyone else and where, where they're coming from. And, you know, this is actually one of the the questions that I've been sort of sitting with around you know, giving birth as a whole. It's a very personal thing. Each family's coming to the table with their background, their history, their wounds, and their needs, and their family's needs. And um, and there can be a lot of judgment, I find, or, or at least a fear of judgment for families, for individuals. You know, I, I think... Um, when when we told certain people that we're having a home birth, you know, they're like, wow, how are you doing that? You know, and, and but I've also spoken to friends in Boulder who've chosen to have a hospital birth for, you know, whatever reasons, and they feel judged by, you know, because Boulder's sort of more open to home births, and they're like, oh, no, I don't want to admit that I had a hospital birth, you know. And so and it's, what's interesting is that is that I... I um, I like to believe that that we're moving towards creating a culture where everyone really does respect everyone else's choices around healthcare, around um, birth, around you know whatever it is, and that we're able to, because sometimes it's about holding paradoxes of right, you know the, the the Western medical model for birth does have some potential negative implications and the Western medical model of birth has saved many lives. And, and so holding those two paradoxes and, um, and so, yeah, I just, I just, you know, I'm, I'm really yeah. enjoying this conversation. Yeah, totally. Um, I will respond to what you just said. Yeah. That's really what a doula does. Like mm. what the definition of a doula really is, you know, on top of what we serve, you know, all those things I listed is that is like this community of inclusiveness. It's mm. like doulas provide support without judgment. Like that's the biggest thing that all doulas are talking about in the training, in the doula forums I'm a part of. It's all non-judgmental. Like that's the whole basis I feel. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to do that as a human because we have our judgments and we have all of our, you know, preconceived notions about this and this and that and the other. Yeah. And you just show up and you support like, and that's just what it is. And living in the paradox, right? not every doula is going to fit for every family. Yeah. Not every family is going to fit for every doula. And so it's like, I can show up and be totally non-judgmental non and inclusive and say, you want a full on hospital birth with all of the drugs. Like you want to plan cesarean, like whatever it is that you want, like from the most crunchy to, you know, the full on, like you were saying in Boulder, like yeah. that sucks that hospital birthers in Boulder are feeling guilty because of the community we live in. Right. Like doulas are trying to change that and create the uh -huh. community of inclusiveness. And I just love that part of the work, you know, and living in the paradox, I'm not for everybody. Like right. I just had an oh, interview yeah. a few weeks ago and I was like, I, you know, I'm a certified doula and ceremonialist and this is what I do. And they were like, oh, we're really not in, 
interested in the ceremonial piece at all. And like, Uh they didn't hire me and Uh I did not take that personally. They knew what they wanted and I know what I offer and that's it, you know? And they actually didn't find, um, a different doula. They just, you know, had their midwife and it was a really beautiful birth, you know? And like great for them that they knew what they needed and Uh I didn't have to take that personally. Um, and I really want to find families that I'm going to serve well because if I'm not going to serve them well, then no one is gaining anything. So beautiful. Well, and I'm curious, <laughs> what, what do you think, how can you change that? What, what do you think you can do to, um, to dive in a little bit yeah. deeper to, um, to create those conversations, to create space for mm-hmm. those conversations? Yeah. Um, so my mom and I, um, she's like, so in this world as well, she's Mm -hmm. not a doula or midwife or anything, but, um, she's been very intrigued in this land for a long time. Um, and so now that she's older and she, um, you know, I guess you could say retired, but not because she's really starting her real work now. Mm -hmm. Um, we've been talking a lot about this and how we can do this together as a mother daughter duo. Um, and we're starting to really vision on on holding circles for families at our home we have a really beautiful house in the mountains Uh that she just bought um four years ago this month and um things are really starting to birth (laughs) like no pun intended (laughs) yeah pun intended um and so really what we're focusing on is having like sacred circle with families with couples with you know, either preconception, you know, talking about conception or in their pregnancies, talking about deconstructing their fear or their family lineage wounding, you know, what, mm. like diving in with people. And ideally, you know, they would be at some point my clients, but they don't have to be. Right. It could just be circles. Yeah. You know? And, you know, maybe I'm attending one of that, you know, that one couple's birth, you know, four months down the road and yeah. then everyone else is just there, you know, whatever it might look like. Totally. Um, but we're really excited for that to just hold these sacred circles and, and dive in and sort of like we were talking actually last night, like sort of like childbirth education, mm-hmm. right? So childbirth education is alive and well, there's right. all these different methods. Right. You can take classes at the hospital. You can take classes with your midwife. You can yeah. you know, do whatever yeah. you want to do. Um, and we feel like there's something missing, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, in the hospital, you're going to get sort of like the hospital's way, you know, you're going to get the hospital way of birthing mm-hmm. in a, in a, you know, in the, um, community roots midwifery collective, you're going to get sort of like the home birth model and like mm-hmm. how they work, you know? And then there are some doulas that do childbirth ed and there's all these different models and we're like, okay, all of that is really great. And we love all of the different ways cause you can pick and choose. And, and what else is there that's not being offered that addresses the spirit that addresses the bigger pieces of the self that isn't just about getting an epidural or isn't just about labor positions right. or you know, all of the things that you learn in your childbirth ed classes. So that's probably the way that, you know, we feel fit (laughs) to to address those deeper issues. Um, And then to have them as clients would just be a perk, you know, to like get to witness that birth process after spending six months with them in circle talking Mm. about these things. Like that is the dream for me. Wow. So that's an amazing dream. Yeah, We're not not quite there yet, but (laughs) yeah, no, it's, I mean, and it's also, it's interesting to hear, you speak to this because, you know, Rachel, Rachel and I have actually been in a similar conversation mm-hmm. um, talking about an embodied parenting, pre, pre-parenthood parenting yeah. 
class or, yeah. or circle or so yeah, group. Yeah, because you, you kind of, you get all this prep around the birth. Right. But you don't necessarily get the prep on being parent. Being parent. And and then by the once you are a parent, you don't have a time to go to right. the class anymore. <laughs> so um, yeah, so yeah. we've been we've been sort of working cool. on yeah developing a curriculum. And, so like a pregnancy, like a class for pregnancy yeah, about parenting. Exactly, and yeah, and I cool. think I think a big part of it is the partnership and and mm-hmm. focusing on um, on that partnership mm-hmm. and on clarity around expectations and. Mm-hmm. Um, what what each person maybe thinks it means to be a parent and how they see themselves as parents and how they see their partner as mm-hmm. parents and sort of just talking through all of that and working through all of that and um, yeah. yeah and I think there's a lot of wisdom uh, that that Rachel has to bring from the somatic uh, mm-hmm. psychology mm-hmm. world and and I hope to bring from the Chinese mm-hmm. medicine medicine mm-hmm. world and yeah, but that's, I mean, that I, I love yeah. what you're talking to it's and so speaking crucial. about. And um, and I'd love to, to continue to learn more about what yeah. you guys are planning and as it totally. unfolds. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have, um, so I mentioned I started my business last May. So yeah. it's coming up on a year yeah. somehow. Um, so I'm probably going to have a little birthday party um, for Fun. my business. And I'll make sure to invite you guys. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be at our house um, where Lovely. we're hoping to have these circles. Cool. So... Love to see that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, So let's see. What what do you think are some of the most challenging aspects of pregnancy and birth? And, and, yeah, how do you feel like those challenges can be supported? Yeah. Um, Well, I feel like... Yeah, it's a big question for sure. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like in our the way we have our system, our culture set up, we're not seeing birth. We're mm. not seeing breastfeeding. We're not seeing conscious parenting in the, the, the general public. We're not seeing these things that are very normal, like not even conscious parenting, just like, just like talking about parenting, just like support circles, you know, whatever it is, like, we're like not seeing a lot of these things that are so normal and so human and have been happening forever. It's like Uh literally the basis of our existence is that like, we're not seeing the most natural things happening. Right. So Uh we're not seeing birth. We're not seeing breastfeeding. Right. Um, But anyway, I feel like, yeah, we're not seeing these very, very natural human occurrences. And so how can we be informed about them? Right. So a long time ago, like, the women were just sitting together during labor. They were, you know, right. the children were seeing their, their yeah. siblings being born. That, like, breastfeeding was not, like, a huge, like, the breastfeeding in public phenomena about how it's, like, disgusting and you should cover up. Like, that is, like, not a thing. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but, yeah. like, it's the most natural thing ever. And we were seeing it for ages so that when women were having their own babies, they knew exactly how to breastfeed mm-hmm. because they were seeing their aunts and their sisters and their, you know, mm-hmm. everyone doing it. And so... All this is to say, I think that's the biggest challenge is that because we're not seeing it, we don't know how to do it uh-huh. in our conscious minds. Of yeah. course, we know how to do it in our bodies. Well, and what we, what we do see are these very sort of stereotypical right. on TV. That's what I was just about to and bring up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, rem- I remember 
I actually had the the honor of witnessing my nephew's birth. Nice. Um, and and my mom is an OBGYN, was an OBGYN there nurse, nurse, and yeah. um, just that, you know we we learned about birth and the body and yeah. you know my dad's also a nurse and it was just part of it life. was just part of our life and my mom talked openly about her experiences and yeah. um i know my my birth story you know mm-hmm. we all and um and i think whenever i see on tv these yeah. it, it just it's absurd. so <laughs> absurd and so ridiculous yeah. and I mean, but even to the point where, despite everything that I knew, I sort of always assumed that labor starts yeah. with the water breaking. Right. You know, that's the classic, oh, my water broke, when that's not really yeah. the case. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I just, it's <laughs> it's interesting to, to think about what is portrayed yeah. and... Um, and and some and what's kept in in the shadows and what's kept in the, um, you know, like with breastfeeding. I mean, they're, 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 that's a whole. I I guess I'm gonna have to um, talk to, interview someone about about breastfeeding yeah. and and because that's a whole journey. Yeah. And and it's it's not always easy for everyone. Right. Even though and then there's a lot of guilt and shame. I think that yeah. comes around that. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. And there's so right. many resources now. Um, and I get how it's a thing now, too. Yeah. Because it's so separated, because it's we're not, it's not normal anymore. And so right. when people are doing it, it's like, it's sexualized because women are over-sexualized. Yeah. And oh my God, there's a nipple. Right. You know, rather than like, I'm feeding and nourishing my child and this is a normal thing that, you know, 200 years ago, you would not be gawking at, right. you know, and longer. And for what it's worth, Colorado has a law yes. that you can breastfeed anywhere. Anywhere. You don't have to go to the bathroom to breastfeed. It's you can, true. anywhere that people are allowed to be, yeah. you can breastfeed. Right. And um, I think it's important that... Yeah. Everyone knows about that law. Totally. Um, and it doesn't stop the horrifying comments no, from people. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And but we do have that law. Yeah. It's important to know about for so. sure. Um, but yes, I think to go back <laughs> and answer your question, that is like what we just said. So that we're not seeing it anymore. Yeah. That generally in the typical household, we're not talking about our birth, our own births. We're not talking about our bodies really. We're not talking about sex really with our kids. You know, like yeah. our sex education system in the schools is, you know, just like all of those things yeah. on top of media, like the TV, the uh-huh. movies, like the woman in labor like being, you know, rolled through the hospital on a stretcher right. screaming bloody right. murder. That yeah. is like so not a portrayal or like in a movie it's like, "Oh, my water broke," right? Yeah. What you mentioned, yeah. and then 5 minutes later she's it, pushing. Right. You know, it's like that is just not how it's how it happens. Right. Um and even in like some more current TV shows where, you know, like I can think of a feminist TV show that I love, um but there's a doula in it. She's oh, a character in it, yeah. and she's crazy. Uh-huh. She's crazy. And she yep. chooses to have an unattended home birth, which happens and is a thing. And it's like every person's choice. I've right. talked to several families about doing that, and there's a whole liability thing as a doula about attending. Right. So a lot of doulas choose not to attend, you know, un- because then it also wouldn't be an unattended birth right. anymore, right? Yeah. But anyway, she chooses to have an unattended home birth and she's a doula and she's like she literally has like psychological problems and she ends up 
leaving her baby. Like uh, she she deserts her baby and her partner. And that's and, the portrayal. And that's the portrayal of, of a doula right. having an un- unassisted home birth. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, that is yeah. not an accurate portrayal. And so when doulas are talked about, when home birth is talked about, when breastfeeding is talked about, when birth is talked about, yeah. it's crazy rather than uh-huh normal and Uh okay and you know sort of and so this is what the general public is drawing from they get pregnant they you know are watching the silly like er shows and that's how how they're preparing for their births it's interesting because i i feel like i mean first of all i'm in in the medical field and and i'm in a particular community here in boulder colorado and um (laughs) and i my experience has been that once I once we bridged into the world of being a couple with you know married couple with mm-hmm. friends who are pregnant mm-hmm. with other uh, with uh, and then once we became you know once Rachel got pregnant for the first time and then you sort of start to find yourself amongst other people and those conversations do start to happen and totally. um, and it's it's helpful it's really really helpful and it's really um, it can be really reassuring and supportive and um and i feel lucky that that was our experience because i know that's not everyone's experience mm-hmm. and i know that most people um in this country in the world maybe don't talk about certain things with certain people and um and it's you know those taboo subjects there's so much potency in them yeah. and when we, when we when we allow ourselves to go there with friends with family with um even professionals i mean you know even in the mental health field it's not always there's still um stigmas around that and um so i think really it comes down to vulnerability and 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 Mm -hmm. and our comfort with vulnerability as a culture Mm -hmm. uh our comfort with sharing opening up privacy and and those are yeah those are some some territories that i like to believe there are people like you p- people in in our communities mm-hmm. across the country who are um you know spreading seeds mm-hmm. and lighting lights and kind of creating yeah. some shifts and movements mm-hmm. in in our culture and hopefully yeah this podcast can can serve that purpose as well totally um because it's something that that we need absolutely and i want to sort of pivot a little bit and um start to wrap things up um i just have a a few more light and playful (laughs) questions and um (laughs) not to detract from the the importance and the value but i'd like two book recommendations and and one of them could be about sort of birth and pregnancy and you know stuff like that and then one of them just like a a good novel that you've read recently that's fun yeah yeah cool if you read novels um yeah so the first book that pops into my mind is the first book that I read um my mom gave it to me when I was in high school and that was really the moment that I was like this is what I need to be doing in a conscious way right Mm -hmm. so I was born and I felt like that was my initiation into this work Mm. but in a conscious way I read this book and was like I need to be a midwife 
And I think a lot of people, pregnant families read this book and say, I can do this. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Um, it's been a really, really influential book. Um, spiritual midwifery Uh by Ina Mae Gaskin. Yeah. It's, it's like the one, (laughs) like, I feel like everybody knows this book. Yeah. Um, and if they don't, they know Ina Mae and if they don't know Ina Mae, they know the farm in Tennessee where everyone was birthing their babies on the buses in the seventies, you know? Um, and it's just birth stories Uh and really beautiful photos. And, you know, it's mostly birth stories from the farm, um, back in the seventies. Um, and so all the photos in it are like these super bearded men, Mm -hmm. long haired flowing women, just having these bus births you know, and Mm -hmm. it's amazing. So that's my birth recommendation. And I think it's really just for everyone to think about reading birth stories and the incredible variation and varieties of how long the labor is and how, you know, what types of Mm -hmm. things arise throughout the process. And it's different for every family. It's so important. Yeah. It's so important going into it to to sort of understand the general arc of, of labor and and early labor and right. you know and then and just to to go into it knowing that you might have your desired birth and you might have your expectations around right. what's going to happen but it's really a surrender to to the process totally yeah yeah it's a really phenomenal book have you read it I've read parts of it. Yeah. I haven't read it like cover to cover. Yeah, I'm but, sure Rachel has it yeah. somewhere. <laughs> we have we have you the have Birth Matters. Yeah, Birth which Matters. Which is another really yeah. good one. Yeah. I mean, Ina May's Guide to Birth, Ina May's Guide to yeah, Breastfeeding, like Ina May, everything. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> she has TED Talks. Um, she's awesome. Um, so then, yeah, just another novel. I'm currently listening to it on, on tape, books on tape. Um, fuck, I'm not going to remember the name of it. <laughs> been a while i'm taking a break um just with the busyness yeah i have it on my phone but i know i can remember it oh yes the hummingbird's daughter by luis alberto urea and Mm. it's so good it's about um a curandera in Uh. mexico in the late 1800s and she's the midwife she's the herbalist she's you know the wise woman and she's amazing and um she teaches um the main character, Teresita, um, who's a little girl in the beginning. I don't know. I'm not done with it yet, uh-huh. but she teaches her the ways oh. she teaches her how to listen to the plants and what they have to say and how to tend to women in labor. And it's really good. Yeah. So, and it makes me feel like I'm Mexican. Like, <laughs> I definitely am not, but I feel this like ancient blood running through me. That's, you know, not of these lands, of course, but like, it makes me feel like I could be from Mexico and mm-hmm. I could have come from the Cunadetas, you know, I yeah. like, could be one of them. And, and it's just so rich, you know, of, with all the detail and the, the, you know, visuals and yeah. just the births and the, like, you can smell the labors in the shacks in the 1800s, uh. you know, it's like, Oh, it's so good. And it's, you know, of course, right up my alley. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. And so let's say you're going on a, on a road trip. Okay. So three absolute musts (laughs) for your playlist. Music? Yeah. Um, like bands or songs? Songs. (laughs) Songs. Yeah. Well, that's even harder. I was going to say three bands. Um, you could say three bands. You okay. So Rising Appalachia. Mm, yes, yeah. definitely. I've seen them right like way too many times. <laughs> they lived in my neighborhood in Asheville. And uh, 
I'm their biggest fan. <laughs> I forgot that you lived in Ashford. My, my brother yeah. and parents live out there. Yeah, that's where I went to midwifery school. Oh, right, right, right. I am. Um, so yeah, Rising Appalachia, they're amazing. And they're right there in this line of work. You know, mm-hmm. they, oh, yeah. When they first started playing shows, they would only play at like herbal conferences uh-huh. and like for herbalists uh-huh. and midwives. And they know Wapio at the Matrona. You know, they uh-huh. like, they know this line so well and they're really using their song to bring to bring the awareness. healing yeah, and the yeah, worry, yeah. just all of it. They're amazing. Um, so Rising Appalachia, um, NACO and Medicine for the People. Yeah, yeah okay. they are same thing, you know, just spreading the, the good word totally. about what needs to happen right now and how to be good lights in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then probably Paper Bird. Oh, yeah. Yeah, local Boulder, Denver totally. band. Yeah. Um, my brother went to high school with them. You know, they're Funny. just good people and they sing really good tunes. They do. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So is there anything else that um, you'd like our listeners to know yeah. about and then also how people can connect with yeah, you? Yeah, totally. Um, I did want to say one more thing. We yeah. were kind of talking about it in the beginning of the podcast. Um, it's one of my favorite things about birth and about being a birth keeper. Please. Um, we were talking about how, you know, I can't birth babies for anybody, right? Like yeah. it's their journey and it's their learning. Um, I was just talking about this with my mom and a dear midwife friend last night um, about how how deep women birthing people go in to themselves, right? To, to find the strength to birth a baby and how huge that is um, and how, you know, I can't do it for them. Their midwife can't do it for them. Their husband, their partner can't do it for them there's this space inside of every single woman, every single birthing person that is like the deepest, most amazing thing in the world. I don't even know what words to describe it. It's amazing. And I watch them go in and yet they can't do it alone because they need the sacred witness. They need their husband, their partner there. They need their midwife, their OB there. They need their doula there, but not so that they can do it because they can do it on their own. They need to know that the sacred witness is holding the space so that they can be safe enough Mm. to go in. Mm. And it's like, I mean, that's what a shaman is. That's Mm -hmm. what the ayahuasca does. Mm -hmm. That's what, you know, that's what the midwife does like the essence of the midwife is just to hold the space so that families are safe to go to the edge to go to that vulnerable place that we were talking about and it's like like I, I don't even know how to, to describe how it makes me feel to be able to do that for families it is <sighs> yeah. the most humbling awe-inspiring thing ever like women will be like I can't fucking do this and they do right you know, they do. And, and like, I was talking about one of my clients to my mom last night and how she would go in and have this like really intense contraction. She'd be screaming and then it would end and she would open her eyes and she would look at me and just make sure I was still there. Uh-huh. And then she'd go back in and have her next really intense contraction. Yeah. She'd open her eyes just a little to make sure I was still there. And it was mm. like this thing, like I, like I wasn't, you know, quote unquote doing anything. Right. right? But I was, Yeah. you know, and yeah. it's so important to yeah. have that. It I wasn't is. holding her hand. I wasn't massaging her back. I wasn't getting her water. I wasn't right. doing all of these things that doulas do. Mm-hmm. Right. I was, I was there so her eyes had somewhere to look and know that she was being witnessed. Wow. And that's why I do this work. So I just wanted to bring that piece in. Thank you. That's so beautiful. Because it's so good. (laughs) I'm all (laughs) teary-eyed now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just the the contact with the... 
just with with the depths. Yeah, and you know it because you watched your wife do it and bring your beautiful Hazel into the world. Yeah, so it's a really special place, and um, I'm honored to do this work. And if you're interested in getting in touch with me, I offer um, free consultations um, to any families that are interested in what a doula is, what I do, um, any like other resources in the community. I know a bunch of midwives. I know a bunch of doulas. I know the birthing centers. I know all the hospitals. I know acupuncturists. I know, you know, all of these amazing, amazing resources. So, um, my business is Matrescence Doula Services and I am Dakota Hindman and you can get in touch with me at www.matrescencedoula.com, which is M-A-T-R-E-S-C-E-N-C-E doula.com and, and i'm gonna put yeah. links yeah. in the show notes and on the and on yeah. the website and then also um yeah like the book titles yeah. and all that kind yeah. of stuff so people can oh Great. yeah 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 so yeah matrescent Great. doula services thank you so much Noah. dakota thank you so much for your time yeah. for sh- your sharing for this just beautiful moment in in conversation mm-hmm. i really really hope that um that what well at least my our experience here is is mm-hmm. conveyed mm-hmm. through this technology yeah. and that everyone is touched uh, and moved and uh feels mm-hmm. as, as deeply as as i do right now about mm-hmm. um yeah just the importance and the beauty of of all this work and uh hopefully mm-hmm. it's a spark of conversations for other people yeah. out there yeah um, again, thank you so much, mm-hmm. and I look forward to uh, to continuing down down the path yeah. and side by side. Ditto. Thank okay. you so much. Thank now. you to everyone else out there, and uh, look forward to uh, sharing with you next time. If you have any questions for me, um, heartseedhealth.com, and feel free to email, call, whatever. Um, thank you, and uh, look forward to seeing you quote unquote next time <laughs> okay